0: Hello, and welcome to episode zero of Into the Spotlight. I'm Morley.
1: And I'm Ryan. And you're all probably wondering, who are these guys and what is this podcast all about?
0: Well, I think to really tell the story of how this all got started, we need to go back in time to about a year and a half ago when Ryan was making a documentary.
1: Yes, I was making a documentary for my master's thesis in media production about content creators and YouTube and how it all relates to the notions of digital storytelling. So when I was trying to find inter- interesting candidates to interview for this documentary project, my very good friend, Emil Berger, shout out to the bro. Shout out to the bro. He, he got me in contact with one of his uh, good friends and classmates at McGill University in engineering named Morley Kurt. Hello. Who had, Hello. And <laughs> he, uh, he has a YouTube channel that was devoted to craftsmanship and making all different types of diverse projects. And after watching Maury's documentary and seeing how he was able to interweave so many different uh, elements of his life into his work and to his channel, I thought he would be an amazing candidate. And in that time, since we met, we filmed his segment of the documentary. It turned out great. I got my master's degree, so that it turned out well. And
0: Yeah, I, I think we're coming up on exactly, essentially, almost a, uh, essentially a year ago when we did the filming for the documentary, right? I, exactly. I
1: have to look at my Instagram feed to see uh, when we took that photo, but yes, it's been exactly just about a year ago, which is ironic, but also very fitting now that we're starting this new creative yeah, project together. Yeah, perfect time to launch the podcast. In perfect timing. <laughs> and basically, yeah, so like that's how we, so we met after that while. We kept in contact uh, in the weeks and months following uh, the filming for that documentary segment. And we were very interested in discussing more about having a podcast and being able to share experiences of creative projects and creative endeavors and just creative adventures with other types of creators. And Morley and I were talking about this for a long time. And then we went to this conference where it kind of all came together. Do you want to talk a bit more about that, Morley?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, luckily, Ryan and I both were uh, living in Toronto this fall. So um, that aligned very nicely. And Um, We found this really cool conference on, what was it called? I make a living. I make a living. On uh, creative entrepreneurship, I think it was. And pretty sure on the car ride there, both of us were like, yeah, I've been thinking about making a podcast recently. And then we kind of nudged the other person like, yeah, like maybe this would be a good thing to do together. By the time we arrived at the conference, we had the concept. And by the time I dropped Ryan back at his house afterwards, we had the name. So this idea definitely had legs and uh, I'm so excited that we're finally getting going on it. It's been a good amount of time in the making, but I think we gave it its due diligence to like really flesh out uh, what this is.
1: And I agree with that totally. It's funny how like we just had this combustion of ideas for the podcast while we we're stuck in traffic, like st- staying stuck in traffic while going to that creative conference, which is kind of funny. But yeah. It's but yeah, this podcast is called Into the Spotlight, and the reason it's called that is because we want to put a spotlight on anyone who has a creative passion or hobby or career and how they're able to do that, and just learn about how their experiences informs their their work and how it also impacts how they view the world and how they want to like share their creativity with others around them and the reason why i put it into the spotlight I called it into the spotlight it's just so like people can learn more about you know more about creative interesting creative people that many people may not necessarily know about or different types of creative activities that some people may not be totally aware of but hopefully from this from this show you'll be able to learn more about that
0: Yeah. And and full disclosure, Ryan and I, we're both young guys. We're both early on in our creative journeys. So, um, I mean, I'm really excited to learn from people in all uh, stages of life and and, and their process and really have these conversations and selfishly to figure out how to be a better creative myself. I'm I'm really excited to have these great conversations. And
1: so it's going to be fun. And this podcast is really, I was thinking about this last night, this podcast is for anyone who has a creative passion and enjoys discussions about creative topics and learning about the experiences of fellow creators and artists from a wide and diverse range of backgrounds. We want to bring together filmmakers, musicians, singers, painters, writers, poets, craftsmen, sculptors, actors, comedians, photographers, or any other type of creative person and being able to share our experiences and our creative philosophies with one another. Whether you're a whether, you're, whether your creativity, creativity is a passionate hobby or a professional career, we want to make sure that this podcast is for you.
0: I couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.
1: I didn't whip that up and think about that th- for 30 minutes last night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So since many of you probably don't know who we are or much about us, we thought a great way to kick off the podcast was to do a little interview session with each other. So Ryan and I, we both prepared some questions that we feel like will really get to the core of the other person's creative being and what motivates us, um, our passion. Uh, yeah. So without further ado. Let's
1: jump into let's it. Let's
0: kick it off. All right, Ryan, I got a, I got a question for you. Get me with it. All right, so for those who don't know Ryan, he works, he works in a few creative mediums. He does photography, he makes videos, he's a documentarian as we've seen. Um, he, he's a writer. So with those very disparate kind of creative disciplines, Ryan, do you feel like there's one where you can express yourself best? Or do you think each of them kind of allows you to express a different part of yourself?
1: That is a phenomenal question. I should have put more thought to preparing for for my answer. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a wonderful question. A lot of people ask me, like, how do you wear all these different sort of creative hats and it depends. I don't know, like I have my certain. It depends on what I want to express, what idea or story or just theme or emotion I would like to express sometimes writing a short story or a poem could express that better or sometimes a single image can express that. If I want to go maybe further in depth into an interesting subject or just phenomenon, sometimes video is like the perfect way for that. It mm-hmm. really depends. And, but like, I have my own personal favorites. Like I love like video and film and that's for form of storytelling medium. That's the one that inspired me as a child that I was able to, you know, pick get my first camera at, you know, nine, 10, 11 years old and make little short films and from there. And, and from that time, you know, writing was always my strongest suit. And I always loved writing short stories and poems all from like, you know, late elementary school, all the way through high school, all the way through college. But as I did, because I did my uh, university education in communications, in media production, exposed me to all different types of, you know, new techniques and technologies and mediums like photography, which I never really put much thought of before. And just allowed me to learn different ways of being able to express myself and stories that I want to tell in, in very different ways. So it's hard to say, like sometimes, like I'm not an expert in everything, certainly not. I mean, I would feel very comfortable with writing a video, but I'm also, but I'm always learning new things. And that's what I love about this creative process and being able to go into these different areas is being able to find new ways of just of self-expression. It's always fun. There's always something new, especially if you're presenting it in a new and different way for example, if like I write an interesting short story, I come up with a unique idea of how to film it, then that's two different ways of expressing myself. And I, and that's always so Mm -hmm. much fun and I just love it. So to sum, to sum all of that up, (laughs) it's just, uh, how do I say it? Just give me a second. It's just being able to, I just love learning. I just love learning these new technologies, these new techniques. And I just love it because you're always in a different headspace when you're thinking of these things. They're, just, they're always like driven yeah. by ideas or just sometimes I see like an image or a site on my commute or if I'm just walking downtown somewhere, I see like an image and it just sticks with me. I always think about like, what could this mean? And like, where was the background from that? So being able I'm to like, like write or do photographs or videos about that, it's always it's always something different every time. And that's what always makes it so much so much more exciting to follow through on.
0: I mean, you're talking to a generalist. I know exactly what you're talking about, <laughs> right? And since I like, I have a YouTube channel and I do this leatherworking and woodworking and I film some of it and I don't film others. Like I'm constantly like stimulated in different ways by different things. And um, like the video process, the video making process and choosing music that really kind of fits a vibe and a build process lets me express myself in a very different way from making something physical for someone. Um, so I I definitely feel like I need both of those to kind of fully express myself, um, and now I'm I'm starting to discover writing as well as as gets another um, another part of me out there, and it's something I want to do a little more of. That's fantastic. What are
1: some of like writing things you would like to pursue?
0: So, I mean, it's funny. Like I think just actually writing so many YouTube descriptions. And I, I try to do pretty lengthy YouTube descriptions and tell the story and like Instagram captions and things, just like a couple paragraphs to really like tell a story and sum up a project um, or a commission or something. I really enjoy it. And I started my channel, Yell Ron Blog, as just that, as a blog. And I've been finding myself recently kind of wanting to go back to that. I'm actually, I'm working on a couple blog posts right now because I've been actually doing a lot of writing for a different purpose. I'm like, I kinda wanna write something where its main way it's gonna be consumed is by reading it, not as a accompaniment to a video. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I don't know, yeah, like blog posts, I guess, like because you can integrate pictures as well. Yeah. I- um, I've never been like as into blogs as other kinds of media, but they are like, you can get a great story through like one long blog post, I find. It's pretty immersive.
1: I agree with that totally. And you can go so much more into depth with those things, especially you with uh, as a maker, as a craftsman, you can go into so much, so many more techniques and be able to explain and just say like why you pursue a project in this way or how you see it or how you make it in this way. And that relates to, to my first question that I have for you is that you call yourself killer segue. <laughs> <laughs> I, we didn't find this at all because uh, so, you did call yourself a, a maker, correct? So tell me what is making and makers and tell me a bit more about this sort of craftsman activity, specifically what it is and how you got started with it and the type of projects that you make in general.
0: So I don't think I would have called myself a maker until I kind of discovered the whole, the maker community online. I mean, ever since I was a young kid, I like to take stuff apart and maybe not put it back together and build like janky skateboard jumps and homemade fireworks and um forts i was i loved building forts in my cousin the mm, woods who doesn't and if i kind of if i look at my look at my life like up to this point that's like the biggest through line is just making stuff and i think it's a big reason why i studied engineering at school um and i don't know what it was just like at a certain point in university i had one idea for a project and i finished it i did it and i, I think i felt very empowered by the engineering education I felt like I had more tools to make something that wasn't so janky to have a better design process and go from idea to reality in like a in a confident way and I was like oh I want to do more of this and I at the same time I was getting into um, watching some other makers on YouTube and um, I mean I'm 23 years old I really grew up with YouTube so at a certain point I was like I want to contribute to this conversation and found this amazing community of people who from all sorts of different backgrounds, they I think what kind of unites the maker community more so than like a specific craftsman is we like to do all sorts of different stuff. I think most people who are makers don't work in a single medium. Some of them do, and I think a lot of them predominantly work in one medium. But it's a very multidisciplinary group who I don't know, I think the term is in a way it's it kind of sits in the current time it's in like a lot of artistic terms like romanticism classicism um beaux arts you can't really take those terms outside of the historical context that we're in i mean and we're living in a time when you can you can live your whole life in middle class north america never having to really build something with your hands and i think in some ways the maker movement is like a rebellion against that um one of my good friends, Vincent Ferrari, who uh, has his own podcast because we make shout out. Uh, he he's made a really good connection where a lot of makers, at least ones that um, are posting online, seem to come from an IT background. So they're working all day behind a screen, and they feel like they need to work with their hands, right? So I think it's I think it really is tied up in like in modern living, and a lot of people like want to have a connection to the things they have um i don't know i think i think it's a very relatable feeling when you once you complete a project it's incredibly rewarding and empowering and you another another guy um good friend in the maker community andy pew he he has this great term um viewing the world as hackable um viewing like the world as you can change it you can you can move stuff around and it's a mindset in some ways uh, and I'm now forgetting your original question. <laughs> this is interesting. I like this anyway. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. It's, it's a really interesting movement more than anything. And I definitely feel like I can relate to a lot of people within the community. And I, I have some great friends and a lot of my close friends from growing up aren't makers, but they're, they're great friends regardless. And I feel like a lot of people who are makers, um, access a part of person part of my personality that, um i can't find outside of that community that's a great yeah i love it <laughs> that's a great
1: answer and it's so true because like even though what i do is different but there's always like a sense like if i'm outside if i'm like maybe six seven eight hours i'm filming something or i'm taking photographs or something there's always a sense of like accomplishment once you get to the end of it like this sense of this there's a sense of hard work that even though it's hard work there's something very desirable about achieving something in the end it's this idea that Mm -hmm. like we can just take something regardless whatever tools that we have and being able to use it to make something and express ourselves in a way that's really dynamic and just truly reflective of who we are as people
0: yeah yeah and you have something you have something physical in some sort at the end like if you're doing photography you have those photos at the Mm -hmm. end And we were talking about this recently where I was doing a photo shoot for a belt and you were like, oh, I love that framing that you did. And I was like, yeah, it was, I can look through the camera roll and see the first picture I didn't really like. And then it's like looking backwards through it. I can see my mental progression where I finally found that final shot, which looked really nice. And it's kind of like watching a story of itself. Like I didn't, I didn't know when I went out to take those pictures that that final picture was what I was really looking for it's a it's a, it's cool a great
1: yeah that was such a great framing i'm still going on about it it's amazing god watch gotta check out that video <laughs> go check out your arm brog's uh, youtube channel but it was amazing because like the way you framed that little sequence at the beginning of that video really it was a great intro because it truly summed up everything about what that video was going to be about and just the style of it and it made it it just hooked me in to watch the rest of the video and then i watched like seven or more but that's beside the point point yeah sweet
0: all right um i'm gonna get a little less a little less cerebral a little more brass tacks actually this is still pretty cerebral but it has a more specific answer (laughs) what is a movie that affects you on a deep emotional level Mm.
1: do we have like 52 hours to go into that because it's gonna take a while
0: no you have to choose one one a movie not the movie Uh, let me
1: think about that a movie It's so hard because there's so many movies that have spoken to me at different times of my life. And there's a reason why my favorite movies are my favorite movies is because each of them there's like a piece of them that have spoken to me at a very specific moment, specific moment of my life where I kind of needed to hear the message that film was promoting. And for me, a film that I keep coming back to, if I have to put one up as as a movie that truly affected me on a deep emotional level that really helps inform what I do and what I want to do and what I want to pursue and what I want to achieve. That movie is La La Land, the groundbreaking mm. and visually dazzling musical by uh, the director Damien Chazelle, starring Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, is a really... Never heard yeah. of it.
0: Just kidding. It won, <laughs>
1: it won Best Picture at the Oscars, and then it didn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that movie for so many reasons. It's in my it's either my top or in my top three favorite movies of all time. And I love that movie because simply because of what's about uh, you know, like you remove all the set pieces and everything. It's it's just such it's a movie about following your dreams, being able to have faith in your creative abilities and your creative endeavors, and being able to just go for it to have to have that love for something whether it's music or acting or or filmmaking or what any other activity that you have and being able to just pursue that and being able to take in the pains uh, the success the lows the highs and truly being able to appreciate the journey and just letting it take you wherever it needs to go I love that movie because that came out When did that come out? That came out around late 2016, around, I think it was like around Christmas time. Yeah. Oh, 2016. Around late 2016. And that came out a moment when I was like, like in my second year of university in my undergrad. And I was feeling kind of hopeless at that time. I was feeling kind of down. I was having all self-doubts about what I was doing. I was still like learning about all these new techniques and all these new different ways of being able to express myself through video and photo and I was having a tough time with it because I felt like I was very inexperienced compared to a lot of my peers. I felt like a phony, like a fraud.
0: Little imposter syndrome.
1: Yeah, massively so. Like, I, like man, I didn't really have any mentor figure, so to speak, to help me guide me on that. So I was just trying to figure it out. I was, trying, I was just trying to make sense of it. Like, you know, what am I doing? You know, is this worth it? Should I even continue pursuing this? And then when I sat down in that movie theater, because that's what I did, in Montreal, I went to movies all the time. <laughs> and I sat down, and when I saw it, it just, it just made me go, oh, wow. I also is... saw that
0: movie in the theaters in Montreal.
1: Did you really? Which yeah. one did you see it at?
0: Uh, it was I think it's, Cinema I think... du Parc.
1: Okay, I saw my. I think I saw this one at the Forum, the Montreal okay, cool. Forum. Yeah.
0: It's so like I also really like La La Land, but I think I more like it aesthetically than the uh, the message itself
1: but i love it too i mean like it's really like a whole package you know yeah it's but like i understand on aesthetic level just in just terms of colors and visual it's like mm-hmm. oh wow it, it hits you in all the right ways it calls back to that classical golden age of hollywood but also contextualize that in the re- reality of the times that we're in now
0: yeah like it, it's one of those movies that's ins- inspirational because it's like when you see a like a modern piece of art and it makes you think like, oh, I didn't know that art could be like this. Like La La Land is like, I've never thought this sort of movie could look like this in modern day. And like these actors would be doing this. Mm. Um, it's also like it is emotionally affecting. There's there's some pretty heavy moments. Like with Emma Stone at the end mm. uh, when she goes kind of into her aunt's and uh, She has that reality. little
1: uh, uh, song that she sings, here's to the ones who dream.
0: I'm sure there's a lot of people yelling at their headphones right now because i know that la la land is a polarizing movie and it I know, is i know more than a few people who are not huge fans but i totally i think a lot of people who do like la la land like really like it yeah and it like really they they, they watched it at the right time in their lives
1: yeah exactly and i think that can happen for any sort of movie i mean people you know lose their minds you know when the superhero movie or star wars movie comes out and it's not the way that they want <laughs> you know that happens a lot but like with the movie la la land like any movie or any art you know there's always critiques some valid some are supported but it's just you always have to look at something as a whole like I acknowledge you know La La Land has some detractors and sometimes they make points I'm just like yeah but it doesn't make me love it any less
0: right you can't yeah. you can't control how much it affected you
1: no exactly because I it just hit me in so many ways like it's, like there's a personal value that movie has for me like I want to go see that like three or four times in the cinema when I was up because it just spoke to me at the right time when I needed it When something like that for that to hit me and to just kind of be like to just keep going and keep pursuing and you know after I seen that you know like I started making more video projects I was getting better I got into uh, my master's in media production program here in Toronto at Ryerson and then I, I started making this documentary I met you through this and it has led us to this podcast our episode that we're recording right now so it's always like, it's all due to La, La Land exactly all because of La Land thank you La La Land <laughs> but it's true but it's just like you know being able to just keep pursuing your creative passions leads you to better things and to so some things you never expected like I always wanted to do a podcast but I never thought I would be able to do this sort of podcast with someone as talented and as knowledgeable as you are and so here we are so it, it's always worth it it is always always worth it
0: yeah and it's crazy too how just like I feel like we've all had those experiences when one song or one movie or something like really gets, gives you a kick in the pants. I mean, this is, we could do a whole episode on this, but uh, (laughs) maybe we should move on to the next question. Sure thing,
1: sure thing. (laughs) Okay. So uh, this goes back a little bit to what you're talking about before, kind of like to my first question that you asked me in terms of like, excuse me, in terms of like how you're able to express yourself in all these new different dynamic ways. And since you started your YouTube channel, how has your style grown and changed over time? Like what has changed in the way that you build your projects, but not only in terms of like how you build your projects as you've built more and more different and unique different types of projects with different types of materials, but also in the sense that now you have this camera and you have to find a new creative way of being able to express that project and how you're developing it in the way that is interesting and as, that how you're being able to communicate that to your audience. So how does that affect the way that you make your videos? Like being able to have like that dual sense of like, how do I make making this interesting project? And how do I film it and make it into to this interesting video? How do you balance like those two areas?
0: I think one of the biggest things that changes is now I won't film every project. And I know some makers on YouTube who if, if, the, if making on YouTube is their full-time thing, they will film every project. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really feel like if I'm gonna make a video about a project, I really want it to have a story. Um, and I think most of, I think I would argue that all the projects I have made do have a story in a certain extent, mm-hmm. um, but maybe it's more sort of that, um, I want it, I want the story to be strong enough that it's worth the effort it makes to make it a video. Uh, and then make the thing itself. That's not the biggest thing. I feel like there's so many little things that have changed. Whereas if you were to look at my first video versus the video now, you're like, this is so different for so many reasons. But I do feel like I kind of had a style from the beginning that hasn't really changed much. And uh, my friend Pat told me, he's like, yeah, a lot of your videos feel like you're like in a cabin in the woods somewhere and it's really cold outside. And you're like nice and warm inside and i was like i'm really glad that that's the effect that you get because like one of the first maker videos i saw that really inspired me was exactly that it was a guy blacksmithing a knife um in a cabin in scandinavia and making the leather sheet for it and maybe i'll I'll, I'll try to find that video and put it in the show notes because that was that was very inspirational for me so i feel like that has stayed a pretty consistent um a pretty consistent style um but I think I think I do put a lot more thought now into the video from the beginning. Like there's a lot more pre planning. Um, it's changing so rapidly though. Like I've only I've only really been going pretty consistently at YouTube probably for a, a little over a year now. Like I was making videos two years ago, but I really feel like I I was doing it more rigorously and consistently in the past year or so. Um, I think my pacing has really changed. If I i mean you do so much editing right and you get a feel for like sometimes you're in an edit and you get tunnel vision and you're like i just need to like get all everything in there but you don't realize until you do the final render they're like i just saw like three minutes of sanding like who wants to watch that <laughs> so you get a much better sense as you make videos and watch your own videos um, of like what's interesting and what's gripping and and without sacrificing the creative expression right because sometimes i do want to take my time and that's been A really interesting point of growth for me i feel like it's only in the last couple months or so where i i now feel confident where i can leave a bit of dead space at points where i might not have been comfortable doing that like six months ago Mm. because i was i was a little insecure about losing people at a certain point in the video um but now i feel like i can i can do the intro leave a second of blackness as the song syncs up to what i'm about to do and and create a vibe a little more intentionally.
1: Yeah, for sure. Those like cuts to black are really are a nice transition, especially with music that just leads into like the next scene or the next sort of segment of your videos. I think it's a good idea mm. and it's all a different sort of a creative process being able to see what others are doing and like, oh, that's really cool. How can I use that? And in my own context for my videos. That's really interesting about how the aesthetic... Because I would say that too. It's like, you know, a nice log cabin and like the world's most coziest place. And just, yeah, I agree with that 100%. That's a good aesthetic that you have for your videos.
0: And I mean, it was very natural because I was doing these first projects under my loft bed in an apartment in Montreal, largely at night. So it was very cozy. Mm -hmm. Anyone who knows me will know that I, I love coziness. I'm on a constant quest to make a space cozy and find cozy spots find nooks everywhere so i mean that's i love it and i'm glad that that comes across that's a good
1: quality good quality to have
0: <laughs> yeah and even now like I, I work on the floor i'm working in a very small space so it's, it's always been kind of a core natural part of of what i do um so yeah it's 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 stayed a constant as other things have changed
1: mm-hmm. there's one thing i was wondering because sure. i noticed in some of your videos sometimes there's a voiceover and sometimes there isn't and you have like the most calming and soothing and harmonious music I've ever heard in a video <laughs> so like why so why there, or do you have some voiceovers in some videos and not in others
0: I think in some videos I want to experiment with just showing it purely aesthetically
1: like from a purely visual um, storytelling standpoint
0: yeah um, I mean in, it's hard because people watch maker videos on youtube for a variety of reasons i think a lot of people watch them for inspiration or entertainment some people do watch them for more instruction and they want to know how to make something so it's kind of tricky when you get comments on something where it's like well it's not really tricky i mean someone will tell you like hey like what did you use for this you didn't say in the video and i can go on after the fact and answer people's questions about how i did something if i didn't say it explicitly but there's some videos i find um Especially if, like, if I've done a video with voiceover on how to make on my process on making a wallet, I don't really feel like the next video, if I do make another video on a wallet, that I need to do the voiceover in the same way. Mm. Um, but it's it's still a process. Like every video, some videos it's incredibly clear. If it has a lot of component parts and it's something that I'm doing for the first time, there's a ton of. Um, voiceover storytelling to be done I feel because there's so many things so many decisions that I had to make and things that I can't really show on camera but I feel like I need to explain um, but the video I just put out on carving that belt I mean I could talk about each carving but I feel like the main appeal with that video is like just seeing each carving come to life and that's what I wanted to put across I just wanted to visually show it and set it to music in a very in a beautiful way that's what I was trying to do. Um, and I, I purposefully didn't show the rest of the belt making process. It was only about making these carvings. So, I mean, I think that's also a sign of me kind of like growing up in my video making. That was a very intentional video about that. Whereas I've made videos in the past where I've shown the entire process on making something, but I still won't do voiceover. And maybe, that's, maybe that doesn't come across as well because there is, there is a lot to explain there. And I mean, sometimes it's also just like voiceover takes a lot of work. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll make it. I haven't really made a decision while I'm doing the edit, but I come to a certain point, I'm like, I feel like this can stand on its own without voiceover. Sometimes watching a maker video without voiceover is great. I'm not gonna do it. So yeah, it's it's a process. I'm figuring it out.
1: <laughs> it's always a process and it's always just yeah. ways like it's funny, like even when I look back on some of my first projects just to see how far I've come, it's just like Wow. Like sometimes it's a mixture of just like, huh, I knew what I was doing then to like a, Oh my gosh, what was I doing then? It's always like in that little dynamic, in that polarizing range, but it's always, it's just things that we always have to do just to learn and grow. And it informs our creativity for our current projects and for future projects down the line.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to hit you with your last question. Yes. You yeah, ready? of course. All right, when you think of great storytelling, uh, what is the first thing that comes to mind? So a person, a classic work of art or fiction or nonfiction, a book, a movie, a director, a writer, what do you think of when you think of great storytelling?
1: What I think of a great storytelling, it is almost always an idea or an emotion like we're going right to like the very very origin of what storytelling is it's always about expressing an experience that you've had an experience that you may have seen or just contextualizing events that you have imagined in your mind but are also based on the emotional realities that you have lived through to me storytelling is always about that it's always about the emotional and sometimes intellectual expression of those ideas and how we're just trying to make sense of the world around us. Hmm. And it's interesting because I always wanted growing up and going all through university, I always wanted to be that. I just wanted to be a storyteller. You know, I I loved, you know, videos and filmmaking, I love photography, I love writing, I love all these different ways of self expression, but storytelling to me, is truly about that very essence of the emotional truth behind it. And you see this in so many great works of like novels, uh, memoirs, documentaries, uh, fiction feature films, even like albums, musicians, albums, poems. I mean, it just goes on and on. But those are like the tools and the forms of expression. And depending on the forms of expression, it's really up it's really up to personal taste. It's really about how you want to take that and express yourself in that the way you make your, your videos is, is, is just to use as an example. Like I remember like when I was looking up at your channel for the first time, when I when the email suggested you for my documentary, I came across a video of a book, uh, casing that you were making for your girlfriend. And it's, and you, at the end of that video, you give it to her and you surprise her and she opens up the gift and she sees it, and she's like, oh, morally. And I just thought, you know, that's a story. That's a story.
0: You know, so a little uh, behind the scenes. She actually, at first, she didn't think I had actually made the cover. She thought I would not she thought I would bought the cover and then carved on oh, top. Oh, no it. way. <laughs> and then she realized after the fact that I also made the cover and she was like, it was an even bigger reaction that we didn't catch on film.
1: That is so funny. So, so funny.
0: I, I that's really interesting what you're saying about like great storytelling is it's getting at the core of a single idea and experience. Yeah. Um And I, I told you we've been watching Ozark yeah. recently and I thought fi- Ozark is incredible storytelling. And I'm thinking of an episode we just watched. I'm not going to spoil it for people who haven't watched it, but it's in season three and you kind of have, I had this realization in the episode. I, I One thing that Ozark does incredibly well I find is they have a theme Or two parallel events happening and you're like oh these two sets of characters are kind of having the same experience but in their own lives you know like they're it's the parallel stories essentially and i just find those really really cool um in one episode um marty was you kind of see something from marty's childhood and you eventually at the end you come to this realization you're like oh this is why Marty is the way he is. This is like, I never was able to put it in a such a simple boil down term before, but Marty is this. And I almost don't even want to say what it is because I think it is open to interpretation and I also don't want to spoil yeah. um,
1: the series. But it's true. But that's why um, storytelling hooks us in. It's just We just see something that sometimes we may not even experience or even, but it's all things that we have seen in some way, shape or form and we just and good storytelling is always about the relatability factor to have that empathy mm-hmm. for characters in a certain situation and you see this all the time you know I, to me one of the best shows ever is uh, Mad Men, and being able to see all the nuances and the the highs and the extreme lows that people go through especially in this very specific historical context of the times and just to go back to your original question about storytelling It's just going back to the idea that it's always about the core idea that just starts in your mind. Storytelling is about having those ideas and how we obsess over them and how to express ourselves, whether that's through a photo or a painting or through a film or through a poem, any sort of way is just being able to just say, understand these ideas about who we are in this very moment of time. and, And even... And that's why they're timeless. You know, so many great stories are timeless. You know, why do we keep, you know, referencing Casablanca as one of the best movies ever? Because we're able to identify with it on so many deep levels, you know, right from... Man, that scene when they're
0: singing in the bar and it's actually during World War II and those actors are actually experiencing that is... Such exactly in, in
1: 1940 when, w- when it was released. So yeah, they were at the very onset, or 1942, excuse me. So they were at the very onset. They were in that moment of time. You know, it's not like we can look back mm-hmm. through it now with all the layers of analysis, but it's being able to see that in that very moment of time, that's just well, that's just amazing. It's fantastic. For, so for me, storytelling is always about. That great idea somebody, someone has and just how they use the tools and the world around them to express it in whatever medium or shape or form that takes.
0: Yeah, and, and just to give one more example, I think that's one of the reasons why Wizard of Oz is so timeless. Because mm-hmm. it was such a groundbreaking movie. And you can, when you watch it, you can so see the time it was made in. I mean, Judy Garland is like, you can see how young and naive she is. Um, you can see all the handmade sets. Yep um how practical everything was all the practical effects and it, it it is so in its time that like it's such a capture of that exactly that it's it's weird it's almost that like if the more that something reflects its time in a way the more time exactly it is. it's like it
1: reflects its time and makes sense? it's not even aware that it's reflecting its time like this is around the time of like the great depression and the way it contrasts mm-hmm. with like the black and white of the normal world in Kansas, and then we go to this colorful and mythical and magical world of Oz and it's just a way for people to help understand the complexities that they were going through during the great depression and all those other you know, tough times that people were experiencing. And even mm-hmm. now we watch it, we're just like, oh, that's, we just get it. Even though we're so far removed from yeah. those times now. Thank for you for sure. that question. That was an amazing question.
0: Thank you. I was glad it I'm glad it panned out. I hope my I hope my answer um, is okay. just,
1: no.
0: <laughs> for sure. I think that spawned a great conversation. Um so I think this is a good opportunity to move on to the next segment, which we're gonna do every episode. Who do we want to put in the spotlight this week? So this is an opportunity for us to um talk about someone or something that's inspired us, uh shine a little spotlight on them. So I'll go first, Um, I alluded to him earlier in the episode. I have a good friend, Patrick Swanson, um, known him for about seven years and he's a musician, he's an artist, he took up painting this past year and he's making some really cool paintings as well. Um, I love him, he's a great guy. He's the sort of guy where we can meet and pick up right where we left off and have great conversations. And he also makes incredible music, a lot of which I've used in my videos. Um, he's always great about letting me do that and he has also been great about making the theme music for this podcast so big shout out to the bro um, I will put the links to his bandcamp in the show notes um, he's patrick Gordon swanson.bandcamp.com and he also has another project um, reaching my handout to touch the sun he makes really cool stuff um, almost can't fit it into a genre because, He tries all sorts of different things, but this guy knows how to make something that'll make you feel away. And you don't know why. And I love that. Uh, So check him out. Um, And thanks again, Pat, for making the music did a great job.
1: Thank you so much, Pat. It's the music you made was wonderful. The first time Morley's show like sent it to me, I thought this is it. This is the intro. So thank you so much for all the work and effort you put into it. And we couldn't be more proud to have your music as part of the show.
0: Yes. And I, I've asked him to come on as a guest at some point. Um, he's a little hesitant in coming on a podcast, but I'm hoping to twist his arm at some point and get him on. We'll see if that happens. I
1: hope so happens. because like, it's just, it's not like, it's just a conversation. It's not even really like, it's an interview. Sure. But it's always about conversations that we're sharing between ourselves and learning from each other. So yes, right. I hope, I hope he comes on too because he's, he's a very interesting and talented individual and, you know, I think a lot of aspiring musicians, other types of creators, will love to learn learn about his creative process.
0: For sure. All right, Pat, the gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> <laughs> answer, All right, well, Ryan, what do you call, got? Uh,
1: okay. Yeah. So for this week, who I, I want to put a spotlight on the very talented uh, filmmaker and photographer Autumn the Wild. So Autumn the Wild is a filmmaker and photographer that has shot portrait photography. And CD covers and album covers, and all different types of photographic projects for celebrities from Willie Nelson to Robert Pattinson, Kirsten Dunst, and all different types of musicians and actors. And she has also directed amazing music videos for bands and groups such as The, the Decemberist, Florence and the Machine, Elliot Smith, and so many, many others. But the reason I want to put a spotlight on her this week is specifically her first uh, feature film, her directorial debut in the film this year that uh, called Emma. It's an adaptation of the Jane Austen novel. And I saw this in theaters it, That was re- when it was released in early March before the world was shut down due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And when I saw that, it was, it was instantly one of, my favorites that I've seen in quite a long time. When I saw this movie, it's it's just really, really well made. Her style from her from her photography experience shines throughout this movie. It's a great movie where it shows where style and substance work with one another and they build off each other throughout the whole mm. film. And so this film is based is based on the adaptation of that novel, and you see how. She's able to highlight different types of characters and how they're just their just there, uh, they're able to come to conflict with one another, and how the main character, Emma Woodhouse, how she's able to ma- try and matchmake with different types of characters and how it all just comes together and falls apart. It's a really great film. It's a very sweet film. And this is a movie I think that deserves a lot more attention, especially with the way that the world is in crisis right now. I think. You know, when I saw this movie, I had a big stupid smile on my face from beginning to end, and everything in it, from the acting, to the cinematography, to the music, especially the music, it's incredibly well done. So if you're stuck inside, which I imagine we're all still going to be for the next few months, please take the time to check this film out and, and just take a look at some of her music videos and some of her photographs, because she's a very talented individual, and I'm very excited to see what she does next.
0: I'm uh, I'm looking at her Instagram right now and I'm assuming a lot of her recent posts are from Emma and it's uh it reminds me of that YouTube channel, Every yes. Frame a Painting, because I'm guessing these are frames from the movie and it really does look like Oh every yeah, frame like in it like, like
1: it she uses pastel colors extremely well and it's very funny, and it's very sweet, and it's just very it's just it's it's just a very nice human story and she has such a very distinct visual style that I think it plays off really well in this film. Cool. Yeah. Awesome.
0: I'm definitely going to check that so out. So that's
1: my spotlight for this episode.
0: All right. Well, I guess that does it for us. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, we're super excited to bring you some great guests and great conversations. Um, we got a bunch of people that we're hoping to get on, some confirmed. And yeah, I'm really excited that we're launching this. We have an Instagram account for the podcast, at Into the Spotlight Podcast. You can find Ryan at Rye.O'Connor, O C O N N O R, and you can find me at Yellron blog. And if you want to see how to spell all those, you can check out the show notes. Uh yeah, so get pumped. I think this is going to be really really great. Ranjeva, uh, any last
1: just to follow up on that? No, this is a this is a great show. I'm so excited for the potential of this show. I couldn't ask for a better co-host than you. And this is going to be a lot of fun. And for anyone, yes, please follow us at our accounts and into the spotlight podcast. And if you guys, if, our, if you, if you, the listeners have any ideas, or if you'd like to reach out to us about any specific type of po- uh, topics or for a collaboration, please feel free to get in contact or to reach us.
0: Yeah. DM either of us, the podcast. That's it. That'll be great.
1: So thank you all for listening. Uh, we're really looking forward to the future of this podcast and this show. And for being able to interview and have great discussions about creativity, what it all means, and how we can all help each other with it.
0: Yes. All right, man. I'll see you next time. See you next time. Take care.